Um, you know, it is great seeing everybody, um, having a couple back, and, and uh, we, we miss you guys. Always good to see you. Um, and so we are in um, still first chapter of Mark. We're going to finish it today, okay? So it took us six sermons to get through the first chapter. It's okay, all right? Um, y'all, y'all shouldn't be surprised about that. And you can see the uh, the title on the screen. Um, Sally's going to be helping me out today. Uh, but I should tell you guys about a, a little boy who desperately... Speaking of desperate, that's desperate times call for desperate measures. He desperately wanted a bicycle for Christmas, y'all. I mean, I can remember, like, the first bicycle I remember getting was a Miami Dolphins bicycle, and I rode it all the way from my house to my to my grand's house, which is I happen to live really close to now, which is kind of cool. Um, and it was, like, really cold. I didn't care. I rode it anyway. But anyway, this this little boy wanted a bike so badly for Christmas. He, he asked his parents for the bike, and um, his parents wanted to teach him the importance of prayer, which goes back to last week, right? Um, so they suggested that the young boy write a letter to Jesus and pray for one instead. Um, not pleased with that response of his parents, he immediately threw a temper tantrum, and his parents sent him to his room. Once he was in his room, he decided to give it a shot. He took his parents' advice, and he wrote a letter to Jesus. And there, here's his first letter. Dear Jesus, I've been a good boy this year and would love a new bicycle. Can you see if I can have a new bicycle? Your friend, Johnny. Now, Johnny knew that Jesus really knew what kind of boy he had been that year, so he ripped up the letter and decided to give another try. Uh, Dear Jesus, I've been an okay boy uh, this year, and I want a new bicycle. Yours truly, um, Johnny. Well, Johnny knew this wasn't really completely honest, so he tore that up, and he decided to try again. Dear Jesus, I've thought about being a good boy um, this year, and can I have a bicycle Johnny, didn't yours truly or your friend, nothing, just Johnny. Then Johnny looked deep down in his heart, and uh, which, by the way, was what his parents really wanted him to do anyway. He, he knew that he had been a bad boy, and he hoped he would receive something simply because Jesus loved him. He then crumpled up the letter and threw it in the trash can and went downstairs where his mother had a nativity set on the fireplace mantle. He decided that he would take the statue of Mary, and he wrapped it in, his, in a blanket, and he hid it under his bed. Then he wrote the following letter. Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, give me a bicycle. That's actually a good one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Kaylin even likes that one. Um, He was desperate, man. He wanted that bike. He'd do anything for that bike. So, uh, but all seriousness, and I thought that was a pretty pretty clever joke, but um, uh, to to bring it back down for a moment, desperation. Um, can, can, Can we relate to that? Can we relate being desperate? Uh, The ancient Greek physician Hippocrates famously said, desperate times call for desperate measures. And I think I've already asked, but when I keep asking, have you been there? I mean, desperate, like there's nothing else you can do. You get the end of your rope and and you need a a touch from God. You need help from from God or something. Uh, you, You need some help. See, both of the main characters today in our story did what was not expected. They went against the grain, uh, against the norm, and one of them was desperate. But when you're desperate, again, desperate times call for desperate measures. Amen? I know that's not from the Bible, but I, I think it's true today. So my hope today is to point you to the fact that we are all desperate and that we all need a touch from Jesus. And, and so you'll see the central statement 
And, and the first two, I, I think y'all, um, you know, that will go pretty well. I think you'll be like, yeah, I, I, I know that. Now, the last one, a little interesting, all right? Um, wanted to make it fit, obviously, but it, do, it does fit, and, and you're going to see something kind of different at the end. But uh, we're going to spend the majority of time today. I'm just going to be honest. If uh, Miss Donna were grading me on an essay, it probably wouldn't be very good because we're going to spend a lot more time on the first point. Than he, and then the second, third won't be very big there, uh, Miss Donna. So give me a pass today, okay? Um, so Mark chapter 1, verse 39. He went into all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. All right. By the way, I'm, I personally, uh, I know I'm going to really enjoy preaching the next, this one and the next couple. Uh, some really cool stories and really cool things that happen that I think you are going to like. Um, and, and speaking of being desperate, you're going to see next week that those people are desperate too, desperate too. But before we get to the main text, I want to point out again um, that like I did last week, um, that that Jesus's goal, his mission was to spread the gospel, was to was to pronounce the kingdom of God. All right? And even when it seemed like it didn't make sense to his disciples, especially somebody like Peter, which we know Mark is basically, uh, you know, is is been called like I mentioned weeks ago. Um, it's like the epistle of Peter. You know, like the, the uh, you know, the gospel of Peter because it's from his eyes a lot of times. And Peter didn't understand. It's like, man, you got all these people following you, coming to get healed. And why don't you take advantage of that? This is the time you take advantage of it. You cash in. You know, you, 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 uh, you keep doing that type stuff. All right. We'll get, we'll get a big following. But anyway, I, before we got to the main text today, I want to point out that this verse is quite possibly a summary of Jesus preaching. It's not a one-time thing. By the time it's it's, it's a summary of of his, of his preaching tour throughout Galilee, and and the disciples again didn't understand. Um, now Sally will have the whole t- um, three verses up on the screen from Matthew chapter four. I just want to read the first verse, uh, verse twenty-three. Okay, if you want to read all of it, you can. But it says now Jesus began to go o- go over uh, go all over Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. This is not an isolated event. This is this is happening. Okay, a lot a lot of this is going on. A lot of healing, a lot of uh, uh, preaching here. Okay, um, and, and again, it's not ordinary. They wanted him to kind of uh, take advantage of what was uh, going on at the time. Okay, um, recall that Jesus had already healed multitudes of people at this point but again his main mission was to proclaim the kingdom of God but as as he's doing this as he's planning on preaching the synagogues something amazing happens he, he's interrupted did anybody like being interrupted we normally don't right um, we have a couple of teachers in here and I'm sure all of us will agree several of us would agree that we don't like people messing with us on our planning period right don't touch the planning period, okay? Like I think I've taken major pain for a second there. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't reference major pain, but I love the part where he says, don't touch the whistle. But anyway, uh, but yeah, you know, don't touch the planning period, right? We don't like to be interrupted. Um, I'm, I'm not good at that at all. But Jesus was interrupted today all right, while he is planning on preaching. All right, and then all of a sudden, this happens. So Mark chapter 1, verse 40, next verse. Then a man with leprosy came to him and on his knees begging, begged him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So the, the context suggests that he was in the synagogue. So he shouldn't have been there. This man shouldn't have been there. Okay, we'll get to that in just a moment. Desperate. The, uh, before, as we get into the, the main 
text here, I have to just go ahead and give credit to a couple to a couple people that I'm going to to kind of rely on. Okay, David Gusick, um, uh, Matthew. There's a few here that I want to I want to basically get them to help me paint the picture of just how what a leper's condition would be like. Now, y'all, I'm sure you've heard that in Sunday school. Some of y'all have learned a little bit about it. Uh, but I want to really try to, to do the best I can to appropriately paint the picture of a leper's condition this morning. So give it, you know, so humor me for a few moments as I give you some background that I think will, will, uh, will at least hold your attention enough to make you not go to sleep, okay, like my friend. All right. Um, see, leper, um, somebody who's a leper was ceremonially unclean, unclean. Um, they were an outcast, um, financially, socially isolated, dependent on, chari- on charity completely. Um, uh, you know, leprosy was a disease that affected you physically, socially, and I'm sure mentally and emotionally okay, in every way. It was painful in so many ways. And, and, and here's some backgrounds to get you the, uh, from David Gusick to get you even more uh, information here. And I, I can't paraphrase it, so I want to give him credit, okay? It's just so much here. Um, but leprosy, because some of this even I didn't know, I thought it was very interesting. So leprosy begins as small red spots on the skin. Before too long, the spots get bigger and start to turn white with a shiny or scaly appearance. The spots soon spread over the body, and hair begins to fall out. First from the head, then even from the eyebrows. Imagine losing hair from your eyebrows, okay? As things got worse, fingernails and toenails became loose. We don't even like a little hangnail, all right? right, To think of that coming loose. and um, They start to rot and eventually fall off. And then the joints of fingers and toes begin to rot and fall off piece by piece. Gums begin to shrink and they can't hold teeth anymore. So each tooth is lost. Leprosy keeps eating away at the face until the nose, the palate, and even the eyes rot and the leper wastes away until he or she dies. Isn't that awful? That's awful. And as horrible as that physical suffering was, the worst part of having leprosy might have been the way people treated the leper. In the Old Testament, God said that when there were lepers among the people of Israel, they should be carefully quarantined and examined. You can do a more extensive research on yourself in Leviticus 13 and 14 about this. See, lepers, lepers had to dress like people who are in mourning for the dead uh, that, because they were considered to be the living dead. They were zombies, basically, okay, um, you know, if you will. They had to warn the people around them. Some of y'all know that by doing what? Y'all know? By crying out what? What words? Unclean, unclean. Can you imagine? See, we, we hide. Let me preach for a second. We, we can hide our sin. We can hide our sin. And, then, and these people, it wasn't from, necessarily from sin, but they had to just pronounce everybody, I'm unclean, man. I'm unclean. Just letting you know I'm unclean. Unclean, unclean, everywhere they went. And, and, and I read this was not necessarily because leprosy was highly contagious, which some forms were. Okay? Uh, it was because God used this disease as a striking example of sin and its effect on us. And we're going to look at the, very, at the conclusion today. We're going to compare. Okay, We're going to look at, at, at um, leprosy and sin. Furthermore, the people of Jesus' day went even past the Old Testament, or further than the Old Testament, told them to. Okay? Uh, back then, they thought two things about a leper. You are the walking dead, and you deserve this because this is the punishment of God against you. 
That was their feelings. Jewish custom said that you should not even greet a leper. You shouldn't even say hey to him. Custom said you had to stay six feet from a leper. One rabbi bragged that he would not even buy an egg on the street where he saw a leper. And another boasted that he threw rocks at lepers to keep them far from him. One other rabbi didn't even allow a leper to wash his face. Sad, isn't it? So sad. As John Constable points out, there are only two healings of lepers that are recorded in the Gospels. Right? The other one being the one I read earlier. Okay? I started the service with. Okay? Um, and then uh, and this one. However, these weren't the only two times it's happened. Okay, uh, you know, those are the specific ones mentioned in the Bible, but look at what Matthew eleven five says. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, etc. So it's not the only time. These are just the ones that are specifically mentioned. So we can see some of the details. And notice, notice in that verse, okay, uh, it's up there, that the other ones are, are healed, right? The lame walk, blind get sight, deaf hear, dead raised, okay? But the leprosy is cleansed. Cleansed. The word cleansed is used. Okay? And there are apparently as many as 72 different afflictions that were defined as leprosy. It was a large umbrella, if you will. Okay, uh, Very general. Uh, to get a little bit more here, uh, James Edwards said, lepers were victims of, of far more than the disease itself. And, and we kind of alluded to this, but I wanted to read this as, as well. The disease robbed them of their health, and a sentence imposed on them as a consequence robbed them of their name, occupation, habits, family and fellowship, and worshiping community. To ensure against contact with society, lepers were required to make their appearance as repugnant as possible. Josephus speaks of the banishment of lepers as those, quote, in no way differing from a corpse. I just wanted to give you a really good sense of, of their condition because it's similar to ours, right? It's similar to ours. Sally actually asked me about that, but it's, it's similar to our situation as, as uh, before we accepted Christ as our Savior. See, they were like zombies, the walking dead for sure. Uh, Leviticus 13, verses 45 and 46 says, The person who has a case of serious skin disease is to have his clothes and his hair hanging loose, and he must cover his mouth and cry out, unclean, unclean, like I mentioned earlier. He will remain unclean as long as he has a disease. He is unclean. He must live alone in a place outside the camp. So lepers, outcasts different can you relate unwanted undesirable unworthy can you relate oh but not to Jesus praise him amen not to Jesus see this leper is not supposed to be in a synagogue he's not supposed to be anywhere near it right? he's an outcast he shouldn't. He also shouldn't have approached Jesus because he's unclean, but he does anyway. Desperate times call for desperate measures. As Brother Bill Clayton suggested, this leper had taken some chances to get to Jesus, y'all. He had taken some chances to get to Jesus. So many are worried about what others think. We do that. I'm guilty of that. Well, what's somebody going to think about that? See, this man didn't care, Brother Tommy. This man didn't care. He was desperate. And he heard Jesus could heal people. I'm going to Jesus. He didn't care what anybody thought. Man, when you're at the end of your rope, when you're at the end of your rope, what about you? How desperate are you? See, if you are truly desperate, you won't care what other people think. Amen? Heard about a story of this family. 
in April of 2011, there was, a, there was a line of deadly tornadoes that ripped across the state of Alabama, and it left 250 people dead in its wake during this, during this time. Near a little town called Wellington, Alabama, the Hardy family realized the storm was coming too late to find a permanent shelter. They considered trying to uh, take shelter in a metal clubhouse, but it had already been turned on the side by the strong wind. So in desperation, they took shelter in a small stand of trees. They tied a rope around the children and huddled around them in the trees, and the parents held on to the trees. As the storm passed, the family members said that while they had been scratched by flying dirt and debris, none suffered any serious injuries. Can you imagine how, how hard that grip was, Brother Tommy? how desperate they were in that situation. To the leper, the leper says in this, uh, in, in this particular verse, right, what does he say before asking to be clean? Y'all see that? Then a man with leprosy, it's not up there, Sally, it's okay. I'm going to go back to verse 40. Then a man with leprosy came to him and on his knees begged him saying what? If you are willing, you can make me clean. Why is that important, Brother Patrick? If you are willing. See, the leper was desperate. And he says, if you are willing. He knew what he needed. He needed to be cleaned. He needed to be cleansed. Edwards put it, puts it this way. The leper risked everything, breaking both law and custom on the chances of being healed and restored by Jesus. No obstacle, not even the decrees of the Torah itself, prevents him from coming to Jesus. But contained within the leper's plea are the beginnings of faith that Jesus can save him. Listen, his faith is revealed by the fact that he does not question Jesus' ability to save him, only his willingness to save him. You see it? If you are willing. Jesus, are you willing? He goes on to say the leper's longing is profoundly human, for it is not God's ability that we doubt, but only his willingness, if he will do what we ask. We believe God can heal people, can save people. I don't know if he can save me. Y'all been there? See, I, I, that was me. I believe you can save people, God. I just don't know if you can save me. I, I'm, I'm too bad. I'm not, I'm not worthy enough. See, we're all desperate. Amen? We're all desperate. We all need to be delivered, and we all need to be more docile. That's our central statement today. Right? And before I go on, you know, we, we, we may not have leprosy, right, or, or AIDS or even COVID, although some of us have had it a couple times, right? But we have something far worse, sin. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's not on there, Sally, but I just want to share that with you. So let's look at the next, the next few verses. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. I am willing, he told him, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he is made clean. And I'm going to get to that in just a, uh, in just a moment, but can, can y'all remember what I read to you before, at the beginning of service today? Let, let, me just, let me just read a particular part of it, okay, for a point, right, just so I can make my point a little more clear. So the ten, the ten men, these ten people had leprosy, right? And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And while they were going, they were cleansed. Did he touch any of them? Did he touch this guy? Yes, he did. 
I'm just gonna get. Uh, I just gonna get right to the point here. All right. I just love that, y'all. I can't. I, I'm sure I'm not the only one in here, but don't you love that part? Jesus didn't have to touch him. All he had to do was just say it. He could just think it. <laughs> you know, he didn't have to touch him, but he touches him anyway. And instead of making Jesus unclean, it makes him clean, brother. See, Jesus is God, amen? David Guzik said, Jesus moved with compassion. We are often moved with compassion when we meet sick people, but lepers usually did not arouse compassion. That's not what you get. That's not, that's not the feeling you get when you see somebody with, with leprosy. Okay? Uh, he goes, he goes on, to, on to say, their whole appearance was too repulsive and they usually made people feel disgust instead of compassion. What about us? When we see people, we see people without Christ. Do we look at them with disgust? I'm talking, y'all know it preached me first. I'm asking myself the same question. Do, do I look at them with disgust? Right? Or do I look at them with compassion? Jesus was moved with compassion while we again, on the other hand, are repulsed and turn away sometimes, I feel like. And again, it's a big deal that Jesus touched a leper. No one touched a leper. <laughs> no, no, you don't do that. Right, you don't touch a leper. Doing so risked infecting oneself and made Jews unclean according to the law. But as Tony Evans said, the Son of God cannot be contaminated. He can only purify. Whew, that'll preach. Okay. The Son of God cannot be contaminated. He can only purify. Oh, sinner, don't think you're too dirty. As if Jesus has, hasn't seen it all already. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, don't be so self-loathing. You're not beyond saving. See, I, I, I speak, when I say I speak to myself, again, that was me. I was like, you know, I, I, I mean, I just didn't feel like God could save me. Right? When there was, that was, you know, it was almost like a little, it, it was self-loathing, you know. I was still trusting myself. Right? I think people do that. Oh, I, I, he can't save me. Oh, yes, he can, brother. Yes, he can. You're not beyond saving. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Jesus cleansed him. And in and, and Luke chapter 5, the, the parallel passage, uh, verse 12, um, says about this same man that he was full of leprosy, which, which indicates that he would, he would have had, had this disease for a long time. Long time. Making it a long time since he felt the touch of another human. Can you imagine? <clears throat> And Jesus touched him to heal him. Like, I mean, I, the, the power of touch, I think that's, that's been something that's been tough with COVID, with teachers. You know, I, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how it is with, with elementary school kids. All I can speak of is middle school and high school kids. But I'm going to give them a, I'm going to give them a bump every day. Okay. Even with COVID. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to say good morning and I'm going to give them a bump. And if I don't, what I saw, I even like, I can remember last year, it would be times, and, and I would get distracted for a second, and the kid was, would literally wait come, before he come in the locker room. They would, before they went locker room, they're, they're holding their fist out, waiting ready for me to, 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 to pound it. And like, oh, oh, my bad, brother. And I, you know, and they go in, because they touch. They wanted that touch, human touch. It matters. Right? Of course, I, I'm a I'm a big hugger anyway, y'all. I, I just I just I love that. Right? But Jesus touched him. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that fills my soul. Amen. He could have said a word. Could have thought a thought. See, we're we're all in need of deliverance. Right? What's what's the Bible say? 
for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, see what we've earned for the, the sin that we've committed in our lives is eternal separation from God. But God showed his love in, for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He provided deliverance, didn't you, Brother Tommy? See, we're all desperate. We all need to be delivered. And we all need to be more docile. Now we come to the third one that Miss um, Donna would probably give me an F on my paper for. All right, because of. But I do want to. I do want to not leave this out. Okay. Um, yes, the meat of it we've seen, but I still hope that there's something that we can learn from this because you you might be like disagreeing with me at first. Okay, but just stay with me. Okay, let's read it. Forty-three through forty-five. Then he, Jesus, sternly warned him, the leper, and sent him away at once, telling him, "See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priests, and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them." Yet he, the leper, went out and began to proclaim it widely and to spread the news. With the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but he was out in deserted places, and they came to him from everywhere. See the the man disobeyed. Okay, um, and, and the word docile, I know it's a little bit of a stretch, all right, there, but uh, it's defined as ready to accept instruction, submissive, obedient. And while we may understand why this leper would want to tell others about his cleansing, I would too. I want to tell everybody, right, Brother Tommy? All right. I'll be awfully excited, but this is not what Jesus told him to do. Okay? Therefore, he disobeyed. Jesus told him not to say anything to anyone, but to show himself to a priest and offer what Moses commanded for his cleansing. This is from the 14th chapter of Leviticus. Uh, this was so that it would be a testimony to the priests, all right, and, and for the lep for the lepers' rehabilitation. But they were like, "Wait, what? What happened? You were you were cleansed?" And see, uh, uh, as uh, uh, as Gusick pointed out, the testimony because see, since lepers were never healed, okay, uh, these these priests had never conducted this ceremony. They went. When they had to look up the procedure for this ceremony and had to carry it out for the first time, it would be a strong witness that the Messiah was among them. See? He would have been declared ceremonially clean, ceremonially clean, and then he would be socially rehabilitated. He can start coming. He doesn't have to yell out unclean anymore. He doesn't have to avoid people anymore. He can be around people. He can touch them, high-five them, give them hugs. Okay? However, this man's joy overrides Jesus' command to be silent. And the result is, verse 45 tells us that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly lest he be mobbed. And, and, and again, I know it's kind of, that's kind of a tough one. It's kind of tough on the preach, and, you know, and, and I, I can understand uh, where he comes from. But at the same time, he was disobedient. Let's listen to how Charles Spurgeon says it. This leper was disobedient to Christ. Perhaps we might think he was naturally and excusably so, but we must never make excuses for doing what Jesus tells us not to do. This man, he goes on to say, this man ought to have held his tongue, for Jesus had told him to do so. I have no doubt that he said within himself, the more I talk about this miracle, the more good I will do, and the more famous Jesus' name will become. But he had no business to think that. His business was to obey Jesus' command. The result of this disobedience was that there were such crowds that Jesus could not work his miracles of healing. The disobedient man hindered Jesus' work. The best proof of our gratitude is to do exactly as Jesus bids us. That'll preach. See, he thought he knew better than Jesus. So as Christians, may we be more docile. May we be more obedient, even if we think we know better sometimes. We don't. Okay? Even if we have good intentions, it's never a good idea to disobey. All right? 
and that ends that point, and, and Miss Donna's probably like, okay, <laughs> just playing. As we close this morning, um, and I'm going to have uh, the two ladies come up in just a moment, but stay with me. I want to point out how our spiritual condition is the same as, as this leper's physical condition. Um, I'm going to show you the ver- I'm going to show you the verses behind, or, or Sally will help us with that. Uh, I'm going to make reference to the verses uh, in case I don't read all of it out loud. Okay, which I might not, but at least the people at home, listening or watching, uh, can can still uh, hear where the reference are coming from. Okay, and so uh, the first thing is this. The first point I want to make is, and, and I, I have to give credit to Warren Wearsby on this. I said this is too good not to share. Okay, um, this is. The first point is, like sin, leprosy is deeper than the skin. In Leviticus 13.3, it says, The priest will examine the sore on the skin of his body. If the hair in the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is, in fact, a serious skin disease. See, leprosy is deeper than the skin, and sin's the same way, right? It's deeper. We can't see. We don't know anybody's faults. We don't know. We can hide stuff. Can't hide anything from God, but we can hide things from people. Amen? It's deeper than what we see. Sin is sin, and we all have it. We can be thinking thoughts and be like, oh, man, what in the world was that? You ever do that? Or I'm not the only one, am I? All right? I'm like, oh, my goodness, Lord, why in the world I think that? God forgive me. Right now, please. (laughs) And then secondly, it spreads. Sin spreads. Leprosy spreads. Uh, the reference is Leviticus 13, 5 through 8. But I'm just going to read. I'm going to bounce around on this one. Verse 5 said, The priest will then re-examine him on the seventh day. If he sees that the sore remains unchanged and has not spread on the skin, the priest will quarantine him for another seven days. And then you'll see in verse 6, has not spread. And then verse 7 it says, But if the scab spreads further, and then verse 8, And if the scab has spread on the skin, then the priest must pronounce him unclean. It is... He has a serious skin disease. It spreads. Sin spreads. You don't get a hold of it. It can it can take you from uh, to, to some to some dark places. It takes you to some dark some really dark places. Sin spreads. It, it defiles. Sin sin and leprosy defiles and isolates. It defiles and isolates. Leviticus thirteen verses forty four through forty six. The man is afflicted with a serious skin disease. He's unclean. The priest must pronounce him unclean. And then in verse 45, it says the person is to have his clothes torn and his hair hanging loose. and All these are signs of, uh, of, of being unclean. And, um, and he must cover his mouth and cry out, unclean, unclean, like we mentioned a few times today. And then even the end of verse 46 says he must live alone in a place outside the camp. The isolation, sin, sin defiles and, and isolates. And then lastly, it renders things fit only for the fire. Leviticus 13, 52 through 58. Without reading the whole thing there, you're going to see several times, verse 52, it must be burned. Verse 55, you must burn the fabric. Verse 57, you must burn whatever is contaminated. See, sin is only fit for the fire. Amen? We can, you know, oh, we don't preach that anymore. Oh, truth is truth. There is heaven and there's hell. Amen? Uh, we, I was just, you know, talking to Scott yesterday about, you know, uh, about uh, how some people, you know, I, I get envious of of some preachers and youth pastors who are just so gifted, you know, speaking. I'm like, I don't think I have that, but I try, you know. Um, 
I was, I was telling him about this guy who, man, he, he, he basically spoke the whole chapter of, uh, that I told you about before of a book called More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell. And, and he was like, dude, you must have got that. Did you, you know, Lord, liar, or lunatic. You've heard me talk about that before. And, and I said, man, did you get that from, did you read that book? Is that from that Lord, liar, or lunatic? He said, what? What book? Never heard of the book before. I was like, oh, my goodness, you're gifted, man. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like, he didn't even have notes. He didn't have a single note. He, he just basically quoted uh, more than a carpenter, that chapter. I was like, wow, some people. But anyway, I digress. Forgive me. But my, my point is, you know, God made it pretty simple. When I, I, you know, Jesus claimed to be God, right? He claimed to be God in the Scripture. So we either believe he is God or believe or we don't believe it, right? And if we don't believe it, then he's a liar and he's crazy if he died for a lie. So, it, you know, so, so many people, oh, he's a good guy. I believe Jesus is a good guy. He's a good person, right, Miss Dana? He, he's, he's a good person. Yeah, I respect him. Yeah, see, Jesus didn't leave that as an option. Okay? He said he's God. So you either believe him he's God or he's not. Okay? Well, we believe he is, amen? See, anyone who has never trusted, I'll ask for Sally and Miss Loris to come up before I here as we close. See, anyone who has never trusted the Savior is spiritually in worse shape than this man was physically. And it was awful, man. It brought me to tears thinking what the man had the man went through. But spiritually speaking, we are all worse than that. We can imagine. We're worse than that. Oh, we may we may have never been healed of some terrible disease, but we're all sick spiritually. Desperately so. You see, because there's there's nothing we as humans can do about it. Are y'all familiar with Macbeth? Anybody familiar with, with Macbeth? Shakespeare, you know, and, and, and Shake, um, Macbeth kills Duncan, and then he's, he's got the blood on his hands. You know, of course, uh, there's a cuss word in what Lady Macbeth tells him, out, <clears throat> blank spot. But the point is, he's just like, I can't get this off my hands. There's blood on my hands, and I can't. Y'all ever had, y'all ever been so dirty, your hands so dirty, you scrub and scrub, couldn't get it off? You know, it's like, man, can't get this thing off of me. See, no amount of living right is, can get us into heaven. Are we like the leper? Are you like the leper? So I love that part where he says, if you are willing. If you are willing. And Jesus said, I'm willing. I'm willing. See, I feel like people need to hear that. I'm willing. I'm willing. Because I feel like so many people, I, I love this, I love this, this, this uh, point here. It says, we believe more in God's power than we do His mercy. Is that true? Think about it. We believe more in God's power than we do His mercy. Oh, we believe we can save Mr. Lawrence, but I don't know if he can save me. You know, we, we, and, and we put parameters on it, right? conditions on it. He's willing, y'all. He's willing. And that's a, that's a, on Valentine's Day, that is an awfully uh, cool thing to share with somebody. Right? So you don't have to clean up first. You don't have to wash your hands. By the time you just come as you are, Amen. Maybe you think that Jesus is not willing to save you. Second Peter three nine. Let me read this to you. It said, "The Lord does not delay His promise, as some understand delay, but is patient with you." Share this with somebody. See? Not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. He wants everybody to be saved. First Timothy two four says, "Who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth?" The whole of the gospel was here in a nutshell. Christ redeems us from the curse by becoming under a curse for our sake. 
Galatians 3, verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us because it's written, Cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 21 tells us, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. It's placing our faith in what He's already done for us on the cross. We'll never get clean enough, y'all, never. All right? God is willing all right, to, to save us. It's all about coming to Him. But I want to leave you one thought here. I feel like uh, the majority, most everybody in the house today has a relationship with Christ. So what about us? We share that, that message, right? We share the, the best Valentine's message ever to them, that Jesus loves them just as they are. Amen? But I want to share this. Uh, I thought J. Vernon McGee had a very, very good quote here. I, can't, I, I just got to share with you. He, quoted, he actually quoted a preacher that he heard. We don't know who that preacher is, but who commented on this leper's response. And this is what that preacher, who J. Vernon McGee uh, heard, said. He said, the Lord told him not to tell anybody, and he told everybody. He tells us to tell everybody, and we tell nobody. Amen or oh me. Right. May we share right, the, the, this love message to people that we come in contact with. Amen. Right. I'm going to ask Miss Sally to lead us.